You want the truth? I'm going to shoot with you on this one. Hello and welcome to Rowdy Potty Podcast, episode two. I am, as always, your host, Ryan Siddle. Uh, with me today is the um, 8-bit megastar, the HD maestro himself, the man who will help me uh, talk about this topic and many others. It's Joey Mills. How are you, Joey? I'm very good. Thank you, Ryan. Happy to be here as always. Excited to uh, dig into our topic today. Excellent. Um, I gave it away a little bit with the 8-bit and the HD. Um, so let's dive like Titus O'Neill under the ring straight into talking about video game, wrestling video games. What is, uh, what's your favourite ever video? I mean, I'm pretty certain it's going to be the, the, the one. I mean, there's the one that everyone says, um, which is WWF uh, Normality. I think it came about at a time when wrestling video games in this country sort of blew up it it got to the point where you could get them on every system wrestling was starting to get big in this country with a sunday night heat had just gone on channel four but i'm, I'm actually going to surprise you a little bit go a little bit further back not quite much but um thq the same guys that made wf no mercy uh, also used to make the wcw games and uh, my the very first wrestling game i ever owned was uh, WCW versus NWO Revenge on the N64. It plays very similar to No Mercy. Um, it's almost identical, like the grappling system is the same. They've got those sort of funny character models where the shoulders look like they're not attached to the rest of the body, which I always enjoy immensely. But that game almost served as sort of an introduction to me uh, for wrestling, because when I was very, very young, so like four or five, I used to watch the old WWF stuff um, about when sort of British Bulldog versus Bret Hart was happening, things like that. And but I was sort of brought back into it, and my gateway drug into back into pro wrestling was very much um, WCW versus NWO Revenge. One of my friends on the street had it. We used to all go around and play sort of like four-person battle royals and stuff like that. And then I eventually bought the game myself, but I, I still have a copy of it today. It's, it's a great game to go back and play, um, especially with the WCW roster at that point, where they just have everyone, you know, your Hogan, Savage, Brett, like it's the giant Kevin Nash. It's, it's just great. It's a very nice time capsule of that moment in wrestling. So I, I put that firmly at number one, and No Mercy is also incredible. Yeah, I've surprised me because I'm pretty certain it was, I thought it was universal within wrestling fans that we all just went, yeah, no mercy's fun, that's number that's not one, and then we'll just order everything else. It's like, Revenge is sort of the prototype No Mercy, I mean there's things that they made a little bit slicker for No Mercy, and obviously, because in this country, WWF was pretty much always number one, so I think that's the one maybe more people have. Mm. But, I, I, you know, I like to give you a deep cut every now and then. Yeah, so yeah, I thought, I'd be surprised with Thought I'd go a little bit deeper with it. It's a, it's a very similar game, but it was, it was my, not just gateway into wrestling games, but it kind of pulled me back into wrestling. Because did, it you have, did you have a, do you have, do you have a favourite wrestler that you'd uh, use on that game? Um, the one I always used to love to do, because they had two different career modes, it was a single career mode, but unlike a lot of the games, even now, you can actually get a tag team career mode. 
So I used to love, um, Bret Hart is my all-time favourite wrestler, I don't know if I've said that on the show before, um, and Jim Neidhart was on the game too, because he'd gone to WCW after the, the screwjob happened, so I used to reunite the Hart Foundation and sort of carve my path through WCW tag teams, and I, I must, have, must have done that at least 20 times, just finished the career mode with those two, I was a very boring child. <laughs> Didn't have any friends, but you did have Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart. And that's I mean, if you're going to have two friends, the Hart Foundation are. Those, those are the kind of guys that you, you know, you know, you could lean on. They're gonna, you know, beat for you, bullies for you and stuff. Exactly. That's that's a, that's a good show. Um, I just, I, I just, I can remember playing um, No Mercy, going around to my mate to uh, what's that? It was, was it, was, it was on the N64, wasn't it? And I think it was. Yeah, I remember playing on the N64 with mates, and like I say, those battle worlds were always really good, uh, a lot of fun. Because not like the games now where you can have like ten people in a ring at once and stuff. Like it was, I think it was four maximum. Wasn't it was. It? Yeah. We were happy with four. <laughs> this makes us sound old, but we were like, wow, there's there's more than two people in that ring. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's it's a bit like playing the, the you know FIFA now. I can remember playing like the '98 versions and even further back, and even playing like Italian '90, um, and then like you compare it to the FIFAs today, and it's the same with the wrestling game. I mean, you look at that. You look at the university, the, the graphics are terrible, and the, the gameplay is still excellent, actually, that still does actually really hold up, but the graphics are terrible. You can't do that much of it, like, compared to what you can do now. I mean, I think, I mean, I think that, like, just the basics of it just still make it just such, like, a wonderful, magical game, really, doesn't it? Yeah, that's the thing, I think, back then, obviously, they didn't, they, there wasn't thousands of match types you could have or anything like that, but you could just really dig in, and in terms of sort of a one-on-one or a two-on-two match, they're, they're still really exciting. It's something you can pick up and play again today. I think that's why it's such an enduring game. And I think if you look at even some of the earlier games in like maybe the SmackDown versus Raw series, you pick them up now and play them, you know, because of how far we've come with the advances, they kind of lose a lot. I think something like No Mercy somehow managed to be timeless in in the way that it actually structured the action in the room. And I think that's something you still see at those of today, even as far forward as um, 2K18, where you still, the, the basics of how they were putting the matches together and how No Mercy moved it away from being just a beat em up game, sort of like Street Fighter and Trunks, into being a proper structured wrestling game. You can still feel that today. Yeah, and you, I mean, I haven't played 2K18, but you have, haven't you? you have, yeah. What, what do you think of it as a, as a game? I've got to say, I, I find it quite underrated. I think um, a lot of people were negative about it when it came out. Um, I know some people sort of have problems with glitches and bugs, um, which is, I think, with modern games, I think that's an issue because we're almost like the new beta testers of games. Like, we all are beta testers because they know they can just keep patching it and putting updates on it. So I think these games get rushed out, but I think now that they've sorted a lot of the bugs out, I find it very entertaining. I think they they put some cool things in, like when you get late on in a match, you sort of you crawl along the floor so it's put like a single arm on your opponent for the pin and stuff like that. I think they've done like a really good job of putting in some little details that make you feel like you are actually in the the room competing and. Also, the roster is, is just untouchable. I mean, it's such a good mix. You've got pretty much everyone you want from the current roster at the time it was released. 
plus like the, the depth of the legends they've got is it's just incredible. Is there anyone you'd say is missing that you'd like you know you'd like to see them again? I, I think there's there's always I mean I don't like to say about current roster people missing because because of, uh, of when their cutoff point is so a lot of the time yeah of course when you can't expect them it's a bit like it's a bit like anything really you can't expect them to constantly be like oh that, is, this guy's come up right get him the t- we'll get we'll, we'll rush him in and stuff like that yeah that's no point because again like they wouldn't have anything to update it with would they next year cause... no exactly they've got to sell their game next year they give us every single member of the current roster sort of throughout the year why would you buy the next one i think in terms of legends they they rotate it a little bit each year so it does kind of change um i it's it's difficult to say because he has just passed away and i don't want to seem like a reaction to it but um I'll say it because he has been on previous games and he wasn't on the latest one. I think Bruno feels like a big mess. Mm. I think for obvious reasons, Hogan can't go in. I was going to say, are you looking forward to the return of Hogan when he eventually comes back to WWE? Because like, let's be honest, that's happening at some point. I want them to handle it properly. I, I think it could potentially be a very good way of shining a light on some issues mm-hmm. in like issues surrounding race. I think they need to handle it sensitively, which hasn't always been WWE's forte, shall we say. That's quite good lately. Yeah, I mean, just coming off the back of Greatest Royal Rumble, I, I think it says it all really in terms of how WWE handles certain situations. I I would like to see him come come back and be be given that chance. Not in defence of anything he did, quite the opposite, but I think the profile he has and being the you know the biggest WWE star of the eighties, I think if you, if you can use this to, to shine a light on these issues, to have Hogan admit wrongdoing and then welcome him back in back into the WWE fold that way. One thing I would say is it should should only be done if everyone and in terms of roster and staff in WWE is 100% comfortable with it. I know Mark Henry made some very interesting remarks about sort of reparations that he feels Hogan needs to make and that he hasn't quite got far enough in apologising for what he did. So I wouldn't even consider bringing it back until everyone within the company is happy and comfortable to, to work with him. But as a fan, you've got to say it is a shame that there's always this blank bit of history. And Hulk Hogan was such a huge part of wrestling. He, you know, the, the first nine WrestleManias all featured Hulk Hogan in some way or another. And, you know, and yet people complain that Rock, uh, you know, Roman's headline four could be worse. It could be nine. That's true. Um, I mean, as a fan, there is one I would prefer watching over the other. But that doesn't mean Hogan wasn't great too. <laughs> so um, I was going to make the same joke. Um, God, you know, strike me down, but I do prefer Roman Reigns to Hulk Hogan. There you go. I said it, and I don't care. All views expressed on this podcast are solely <laughs> myself and Brian. Anyway, we got we we went very serious for a moment there. So let's get back to wrestling games. Um, I think my favorite thing ever on wrestling games. Um. It's just the wonder of creating your own wrestler. Um, and I'm, you know, five, ten, weedy arms, bit of podge. Um, so I'm not a wrestler. I've never looked like a wrestler. Um, I mean, people, you know, 
of it. I've never looked like a WWE wrestler until the likes of, you know, a Trent Seven and a Kevin Owens came along. I still don't have the arms for it. Those guys are still athletes compared to me. You don't have the beard for it. I don't have the beard for it. That is also true. I need your beard and then I look more more representable. Um, so I just love making characters that absolutely look nothing like me or, or ones that look slightly like me, but me if I had muscles and had ever been to a gym. Um, rather than you know just walking past them and going oh it'd be good if I went in there one day. For me, um, I don't know if you this. This, this might help me as like <laughs> sort of a, a problem child, and maybe I should see sort of psychological help. But um, as a kid, did you ever like if a school teacher pissed you off, or like you know someone at school had annoyed you? Did you ever make them in a game and then beat them up with one of the wrestlers? Not saying for sure that I did that on a couple of occasions, but... I can't say I ever did, but I'm a really big fan of that. Yeah, it's like, you know, if you've got, like, got a detention or something, you know, like, it's, it's a nice way of letting out, letting off a bit of steam when you get home and sort of, like, you know, picking stone pole and just giving them eight stars. I mean, I don't know, maybe this is, maybe I'm going to get wheeled away for saying this and putting back the wall like that, I don't know, but it's, like... That was sort of like ten-year-old me's way of, of dealing with the man. What what did what what did what was the most petty thing someone did to piss you off that you then went home and beat the shit out of them on uh, on, on Raw versus SmackDown two thousand four or something? I don't know. It's probably something really lame, like having my Pokemon cards taken off me for swapping them in class. Oh, or, God damn it! But I mean, you know, I wasn't really like a team terror. I didn't. I not I didn't. I didn't have like all the rock and roll wild days so it was probably something like that or maybe like flicking a pen at someone you know the fountain pen where you could get all over it. I mean again you know that's, that would be a pretty decent way to start a feud like I flicked pen at someone he got pissed off I got told off at, the, at school had to wash my ring gear beat, yeah beat, it wouldn't come out yeah beat the shit out of the teacher yeah, I mean, maybe we're onto something. Maybe this is. If I'm honest, right? You say that that sounds a bit weird, but I think that's a much um, safer, uh, healthier way of dealing with issues with teachers than, you know, other people. You know, you could, I don't know, stalk them or something. It's just, just some crazy weird shit could go along. Yeah, that's so I think. I mean, it's yeah. not, I'm not hurting anybody. It's just not in real life. Yeah. Me and my little weird twisted mind and just getting into the. Uh, Get into that WrestleMania ring and just give them a bit of a yeah. up. Was it always Mania or you know, was it never a Halloween well, like, show? Like, sure. If you've got a few of these sort of huge culminate, you would want it to be a WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Yeah. Something that big because you know, finally you know, it's goddamn it, student versus teacher at WrestleMania. Like you you've got to have that one I don't think you could throw that out as a mid-card match on SmackDown, I think it's got to be for hit. That's, that's fair, I mean, I, I really want to go out there and, like, go home, find my PlayStation 3, and, you know, because I'm, I'm not all that modern, um, and just, you know, create Mr. Sloyer and beat the shit out of him. Although he is dead, so I win anyway, I've already, I've already got the freak out. To do Mr. Sloyer against the Undertaker. That is true, yeah. I mean, it's accurate. It's fine, yeah. We're Rest in peace, by the way. We, um, Undertaker, you mean? No, I meant Mr. Okay, fine, it doesn't matter. Um, awesome, awesome friends. <laughs> he died a long time ago, but it's okay. Was it natural causes? I think so, yeah. I don't yeah, know. He didn't die from a two-time two bar. No, nor, nor was I anywhere near it when it happened, so I just asked you. Please don't. Um, <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly on, uh, it was a. 
pause for a second. Um, I think one really underrated series of wrestling games, or was two of them, was the were the Death Jam games, uh, Vendetta and Fight for New York. Big, big fan of the Death Jam games. Um, for those that, that never played them, maybe, maybe it was a little bit before your time, it was um, wrestling with rappers. All, yeah. the, all the biggest hip-hop stars of, of the day were put into a wrestling game, because, you know, like, you're a, a video game executive, you might go, well, what's popular with, with kids nowadays? Um, Hip-hop. Um, yeah. Pro wrestling. Pro wrestling. Yeah, so Death Jam Vendetta was um, a game, was based in the ring, um, and Death Jam New York was, like, more street, was it street fighting? It was, it was, um, you sort of, there was, like, a loosely defined ring where basically, like, sort of, um, your, your crew, if you like, I couldn't sound more white saying that, but <laughs> your crew would sort of be stood round as you, as you had, like, a sort of a rock in the middle, um, and that would sort of have more... Um, more elements of a beat em up, so you have like the sort of environmental stuff that you could come up through a wall and you get through to like another arena that you could fight in and stuff like that. Um, but both very good games. They used one of the um, WWE video game engines for it. I yeah, think. Was it was it a constant pain. Yeah, it might, I think it might have been. Yeah, so it's like the good thing with it is they took it seriously in terms of delivering like exciting wrestling action that felt substantial. It wasn't just sort of a gimmick, I will make a half-hearted Yeah, it wasn't pop. Oh um, yeah, it wasn't a half-hearted in the slightest. It was part of the um, it was part of the A Bigs yeah. range and they had like SSX Tricky, which was oh SSX and then SSX Tricky, which fucking cool games and then obviously like the FIFA Street and the NBA Street, games like that. It, it was a really cool time for sports video games because they were taking them out of the arenas and out of the stadiums and just yeah, basically they, saying you can play this anywhere. Yeah, they were finding new ways and, and new new things and you know it all been brought up on. I mean, you know, FIFA ninety seven had an indoor mode and that Bring was it back. and that was like, absolutely and that was kind of like the, that was re- a really cool thing that we'd had, but generally speaking, everything was like conventional. Like you say, like here's a wrestling ring, here's a football pitch, here's a basketball court, and an EA bid came up with this death jam and that, along with other, um, you know, such things. And they were just brilliant. I mean, like, I'm just looking at the roster here on Vendetta, and it had like Ludacris and Method Man, and it's just like that, that's ridiculous. Like you could just use those guys to to have wrestling matches. Like that's just mental. It was. I don't know. I don't know about Vendetta. I don't remember, but I remember in Fight for New York. Snoop Dogg was both the ring announcer and like the main villain of the story mode. Yeah, I think that's the yeah, he definitely played a part in that. Too. I think he's like, it's very brave turning Snoop Dogg heel. He's, like, <laughs> he's very universally loved, I think. Right? Like, so, so, you know, hardcore hip hop fans and like, sort of those of us who are a little bit more normal and casual listening. How would you turn Snoop Dogg heel? Like, I would have him like in a suit. like. Almost Drew Gulak holding placards like no weed, stuff like that. I would um, have him start spelling dog with one G. Oh, and nice. turn, it, turn his back on his gangster roots and yeah. like just denounce everything. He made like quit weed. Yeah, yeah. He would, he'd start just drinking juice rather than gin. Juice. juice. <laughs> he would he'd just turn his back on the Snoop Dogg ideals and then. Would you add a Y to Snoop? So it'd just be Snoopy Dog. Snoopy dog. Yeah. I, I think I would. I mean, that's that's gonna get you booed. If you come out in front of sort of ten thousand baying wrestling fans 
and they're like, oh, what's your name, you did? Uh, Smoothie Dog? Like, you, get, you get a move. Yeah, you get a move. Yeah. I like that. I'm fine. That's a, that's a big looking idea there if anyone's listening and can afford Snoop Dogg um, for their shows. <laughs> yeah. You can have that all Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you have to start in base because you're not getting moved straight off the bat. No, I mean, if Snoop Dogg came out to have a wrestling match, I would cheer them. I mean, the current fans would probably just chant CM Punk and fight whatever. <laughs> all the horrible bullshit. Oh, that is the quickest way you get a This Is Awesome chant, just by bringing Snoop Dogg. I don't think he would though, because like Snoop Dogg's never been in ROH, so I don't think the fans would connect with him. It's like, oh yeah, he's the biggest, one of the biggest seven hip hop artists of all time. But he's never, he's never. Well, name his top five matches in Ring of Honor. Yeah, like, he's never wrestled PJ Whitmer or anything. What do you mean? What do you mean he's not been in PWG before? Has Dave Meltzer ever given him a five star match? I think not. Yeah, he's. Uh, he doesn't have the indie crowd for today's audience. Okay, so we're not booking, so there'll be no booking of Snoop Dogg in WWE then. Or later on, when we yeah. bring you the second segment, we're going to be under wraps for now. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so was there any other game that you really loved? Uh, or, or even now? There, there, is, there is one that, um, that, that, as a kid who sort of. I, I, grew, you know, I grew up in the attitude era, but. When I get into something, like I, I've got majorly into wrestling at that point, I, I have to scour everything about it. So I was an attitude era kid who, you know, was watching tapes of, of sort of 80s WrestleManias, who was, was scouring every inch of what I could find about wrestling. So, you know, I was, I was picking up old NWA tapes, ECW, like literally just spanning every style and era I could get my hands on. So a really good series of games that, that came out just at the tail end of the actual sort of 2001, 2002 time is the uh, Legends of Wrestling games. Mm-hmm. Now these these dropped at a time when there wasn't legends in pro wrestling games. You bought the WWE game and you got the WWE roster and it was all the current guys and it wasn't like it was today where it's sort of like a nice split between classic wrestlers and current wrestlers. So when these games dropped, with, for me, having watched so much wrestling and there's so many guys that I engaged with from years gone by, it was just incredible. I mean, the roster of these games reads like a who's who. I mean, you have guys like Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, Dusty Rhodes, Bruno, um, Mel Mascaras was on there, after the Butcher, Sabu, Rob Van Damme. These are some big names. It was, it was, it was literally anyone who's anyone uh, who wasn't in WWE was was part of these games, which just was so exciting at that time because with WCW having closed as well, you weren't getting their games anymore. So this is somewhere you could go and and just find all these guys. You know, like even Andre the Giant was on there. You know, this is in the years before WWE Legends contracts. Mm. And they, they're like, I enjoyed them a lot. They're not, if you look like they're not the best reviewed games in terms of gameplay. And they were definitely a step or two behind what WWE was doing at the time with um, with the SmackDown games on PlayStation. But it was just great fun to be able to to pick up and, and play. And one thing they did that was very cool in the, I think it was the third game that they did. Uh, Legends of Wrestling Showdown is they basically were very naughty 
and they they had all the arenas that had hosted WrestleManias. Mm. Now they had obviously licensed the WrestleMania name, but they they like they'd gone to the arenas and licensed them, so they were called you know the set Madison Square Garden or Los Angeles Sports Arena, and they'd actually gone and done deals with them. And what Legends of Wrestling did is they dressed them up to look almost exactly like they did for each of these WrestleManias. But instead of the word WrestleMania, they put Showdown. Oh, nice. But so they like, I mean, you can never get away with it today, I don't think. But like, you had Madison Square Garden looking exactly like it did for WrestleMania 10. I remember that's the first first match I played in it was Brett against Owen in that arena, and it just it was it was one of the first games to really do well by looking back rather than just being like, what's current, what's happening on TV right now, let's do that. And I mean, they did well, like, you know, they got a series of, of three games out of it, so that's a big favourite for me. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, those are, I'd, I'd say I've never played those games. I mean, for me, I always got the, um, like, the really terrible, really, really uh, like, old-school arcade wrestling games, uh, which I think we've got through next door from where we are, so we should probably go and have a game later. I think we should. Um, when you've got like, I mean, that, I mean, that's when you're talking about, you know, your proper London, the Giants um, type era, um, early 90s, and you've got uh, Hogan on there and Warrior and stuff like that. And it's just, it's, I mean, they're terribly difficult to play because it's literally the proper like arcade. Like, it's literally like a catalog. Yeah. It's like, no, there's no pad. It's all joysticks and buttons. Smashing buttons and like, just, just hit everything until, until you win. So just, just hope it works. Yeah, absolutely. Hit and hope. Um, games also have had like a bigger impact, and I use that pun correctly, um, than you'd expect. Um, because there is literally a wrestler who exists only because he is a character in a game. Yeah, but uh, we've been treated, if that's the right word, <laughs> by um, Impact Wrestling TNA whatever you'd like to call them, um, to suicide. Yeah. Firstly, if you're trying to promote a kid-friendly character... Suicide is not the right name, is it? Not to sell video games. I mean, something, I mean, I'm, um, it's no secret, I'm a little bit of a wrestling and action figure collector as well. And I don't own this figure, but um, famously, when TNA released their series of figures, they decided to release a figure of suicide. Trouble is, shops weren't that happy to carry a figure with the word suicide on it. So they actually released him in a box with no name on it. A box with no name. It was a box of, so it would just say like TNA impact figure or whatever on it. And then there was nothing. There was no, nothing about who he is. So you have to be quite a hardcore fan of suicide, the wrestler. <laughs> so, um, to, to purchase this figure, but yeah, he, he's been played by multiple multiple different wrestlers. I think Christopher Daniels has been under the mask. I know um, WWE superstar TJ Perkins has been under the mask. Um, it was Frankie Kazarian him for a bit. Yep. Um, I'm not sure, Ryan, do you know who's portraying him now? Currently, it is Caleb Conley or Conley. Um, it, the amazing thing is the fact that the character is endured. I mean, that game came out in 2008, um, where the main character was suicide in a career mode. That's who you, you started off as. And this was before he'd been, a, been the wrestler on TV. 
he was literally just a character from this game. But the fact they like persisted with this character for so long is is very strange. It's not as if there was any sequels to that game. It's um, maybe it's just marketability. Maybe they want to sell masks and figures and yeah. I mean, my favorite fact that I've just noticed is that he was played by John Jonathan Gresham, um, who's currently in Ring of Honor um, at one point. Um, Gresham, five four, um, short guy, you know, really extremely good wrestler. Really five four. Um, Caleb Connolly, who currently plays him, uh, build at six foot. <laughs> um, if you ever wanted the most um, TNA sentence in existence, that would have to be top ten. I think for me, it would be, it would be <laughs> the, the two of the wrestlers have played suicide at eight inches different in height. Yeah, I'm not even sure if Connolly's the, the tallest guy that's played him or not, but um, yeah, the, the, the current. Yeah, we're, we're, all, we're all forgetting that time Kevin Nash was uh, suicide. <laughs> See, that I'd watch. I've watched Kevin Nash do anything. Yeah, I think like I mean he's enough of your sexual fantasies. Um It's a family show. It really is. Is it? We have the E for explicit on, on iTunes, so it's not because you know we'll, we'll occasionally swear. One game that has made um, a bit of a uh, comeback recently was uh, Fire Pro Wrestling, uh, which is something everyone uh, loves a little bit of. Uh, because basically you can just have every wrestler and any wrestler in the world um, and just throw them in a match. It's the ultimate sort of pro wrestling geeks fantasy in terms of a game. You you know, it's fully customizable. It also comes pre-packed with a huge roster of sort of Asda basic snuff-offs. Um, <laughs> real well, I mean, it's very easy to tell things meant to be doing. It's like sort of for fans of sensible soccer or for people who aren't as old as me, pro Evo, um, you, they might enjoy some of the the, um, the sort of pretend names. I mean, my favourite all time pro uh, by pro wrestling name comes from the Game Boy Advance version, which is probably about 2000 2001. Um, it was he was meant to be Ken Shamrock. Hmm. They called him Ken Harcock. Nice, which I enjoyed immensely. It was so close to being an innuendo. Ironically, the only thing it was missing was the D. <laughs> Very good. The, the other thing I love about the Fire Pro games is on no other game can you have an MMA rules match in an octagon with proper MMA gameplay and then have an exploding cage match on the same game. Yeah, well, and if you choose so, with the same two competitors, you know you could you could have the feud start with a super serious MMA fight, complete with hooky UFC logo on the map, and then you could just finish it with a crazy Atsushi Anita style exploding cage death match. I feel that that's how Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor should finish their feud without boxing. Next, we'll have the UFC, and then we can finish it off with exploding cage. Yeah, and then they go to Japan and. Hit each other with light bulbs and throw the river. Throw some piranhas in there, you know, whatever else you can find. I would watch that. I know you would, Jerry. The thing is, you'd have to give the edge to Floyd Mayweather. He's 1 0 in pro wrestling. That is true. Yeah. He defeated the big shows at Formula World Champions. At WrestleMania, so we know he can do it on the big stage. He's done on the big stage. Like, you know, if you can do it around the stage of the all, then of course you can do it um, in Japan in an exploding cage with piranhas and light tubes and stuff like that. I want to watch that. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, also, uh, Fire Pro 
And in some ways, the WWE 2K games now, especially Final Pro, um, creates this whole like um, new community of utter heroes. Because not all heroes wear capes. These people who actually spend their time creating actual characters and you know indie wrestlers for WK and stuff like that, and put them online for everybody to download and use. I mean, those guys are fucking awesome. Um, so hats off to them. Yeah, it's the sort of thing where we never have the patience to do. So much love to the guys that do it because then it allows people like me who are lazy but yeah. also have wide ranging wrestling tastes to put on the matches we've always wanted to see. I mean, who hasn't wanted to see Kenny Omega versus I Mike Tyson? Absolutely, and you can do that with Fire Club, Fire Pro Wrestling. wrestling. Yeah, thank you. Um, and you can also, because these people exist so so thank you to them um, but talking about booking the ultimate fantasy of wrestling um, I think we have to talk well we have, because we're going to do something in a little bit but before we do that um, I think we're going to talk about um, a new love for me because, that Joey put me on to and an old love for Joey um, I mentioned earlier that um, to Joey off air um, I basically am not really a big gamer in life because I have spent my entire life playing football manager trying to become um, the greatest football manager on the planet with either Manchester United, um, which is a bit easier, or someone like Berry, um, which is a bit more difficult. Um, and so Joey recently introduced me to a world that I had never been part of before, which is EWR. Um, tell us about EWR, Joey. If you're somebody who's ever watched a WWE show and gone, well, that's not what how I would have done it. EWR is for you. It is football manager, but replacing football with pro wrestling. And what I'm talking about is it is a wrestling booking simulator. You hire your roster, you hire your staff, you book your own shows. And you watch these feuds develop all the while you're competing with the other promotions. It's the most exciting thing that has happened to me in my life in recent time. And that might say far too much about my life at the moment. Um, but it's, it's just wonderful. I mean, you get to book the wrestlers you always wanted to book together. You get to put them in matches. Basically, I've also found that I'm far better at football manager than I am at this game so far. Um, and so um, Tyler Bate um, and... Uh, David Starr in my promotion had one good match um, and said they enjoyed working together. So I've just booked them about 15 times in every match. They are basically my Kevin Owens and El Generico. Well, I think it's important to have like a key feud of two guys you can roll in the middle of, in the middle of your uh, in the middle of your card. There, the great thing about EWR as well that we should mention is it is free. Just Google EWR. 4.2 is the one you want, it's the very latest one. It, it's freeware, it's completely legal, completely free game. The guy who made it, Adam Ryan, just moved on to making his own range of paid games now. Um, but his talent is very clear in what he's done here. It came out in 2004, but in, in wrestling fan communities, it's, it's utterly timeless. I think what's wonderful, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say, it's what's wonderful about it, it's so simplistic. And therefore so timeless that aren't you know we're not looking you you basically looking at like a again to compare it to football manager you're looking at like Chapman 0102 Chapman 0304 kind of style where um back then those games were really basic um and you, there wasn't millions of things to do it was only the basics that you want to do 
um, as a football manager, and it meant that you could run through a, a you know a season really quickly, but you still get absolute total enjoyment. Whereas I think sometimes you look at the games now, and I love the you know the, the added um, detail, but some people I think find them almost too there's too much detail and too much going on. And I think that's what I'm really enjoying about EWR is the fact that there isn't too much going on. You know there is feuds and there is matches to set up, and there are people you know um, getting injuries, going into rehab. Um, becoming god botherers um, Trent Seven um, turned religious on one of my games uh, recently um, and all just like little details like that are brilliant but it's not too much No, I mean you, you do get these lovely little personal touches um, funnily enough I was actually playing the game yesterday um, yesterday morning before going to work and one of my wrestlers Psycho uh, Clown actually married the uh, daughter of the owner of the company. Excellent. So now... Uh, that would never happen. Is she a clown? I don't think you'd, a, a wrestler on the roster would never, you know, end up marrying the, the boss's daughter, right? No, no, I trust that he would never use it for political gain. And I'm sure I would be having absolutely no trouble with Psycho Clown going forward. I don't think he will push himself or book himself as world champion on multiple occasions, or, or bury anyone. I'm definitely not doing the Triple H bury dance right now. Um, yeah, um, I just, um, yeah, so that, that, that's cool that EWR does those little things. Um, yeah, it's just, it's like you say, it's just like a, a, a wrestler's, wrestler's fan wet dream of just being like, oh, I, I, I know how I would book that. I would not book it that way. And, and so I'm going to jump on my computer and book it differently and, and see and see if I can overtake Vince McMahon with my own um, promotion. Well, we are actually going to see if we can overtake Vince McMahon with our own promotion because what we're going to do for you, uh, we're going to be sort of dipping in and out of this in, over the, the weeks and months to come is we have started our own little wrestling promotion on EWR, haven't we, Ryan? Yes, uh, we are going to go full what culture wrestling on you and book ourselves in the main... No, we're not. Um, we are going to... we set up Rowdy, uh, Rowdy, wrestling, Rowdy wrestling Federation, Federation. Um, which is going to be a... We've, we've gone with a mainstream uh, wrestling promotion. Um, because we're going to try and take on Vince. We're not going to do indie wrestling because indie wrestling exists, but nothing exists to take on Vince. Sorry, uh, I'm sorry, Impact Wrestling, wrestling news. No, it still exists. Let's it is. They've actually done some. Well, I should say because we do have a bit of a punchline on the show. They have done some very cool stuff lately, and um, then you do get a chance to check out their. I want to say Redemption, Redemption show. Yeah. Um, if I get it sorted of up, I should probably learn the name of the show. Um, but they did, they did some very cool things there, so definitely worth checking out. And Joey even spoke to one of the wrestlers, but I'm going to mention that in a minute because he's one of the wrestlers that um, I'm going to draft onto our, uh, onto our little show. So what we're going to do is we're going to start with a 10-person draft each, sorry. So we're going to put 20 people into our promotion to start with, um, and then uh, we're going to take it from there. Off air, we'll probably draft a few more. Um, That's the plan, I think, is we'll, pro we'll probably fill out the roster with sort of some choices we can both agree on. Yes, um, and then we're going to, um, and then we'll keep you updated. We'll, we'll play a little bit now. We'll tell you what's going on. We'll play a little bit later. We'll keep you updated in future episodes. Um, so, 
let's kick things off with our draft picks. Do you want to go with your first one? I will. Uh, and the thing with this as well is we haven't actually put any of these guys into our roster yet. So we might get a situation where some of them maybe want to turn us down. Uh, they don't want to be a part of, of Rowdy Wrestling Federation, and then we might have to come up with some alternates. Yeah, I've got a few names here that will be contracted to WWE at the start of the year. So I'm going to start off. Now, we well, our aim is to be a global promotion, and to be a global promotion, you need global megastars. You need someone big. You need someone both physically and in superstar fashion, if it's a big, big name. So I'm going to start off with the big guy himself. Um, my number one draft pick is Ryback. That's right. what I'm going for. That's, that is an excellent choice, and possibly the most Joey choice possible. I, my big thing is, I still think WWE missed a huge opportunity with Ryback in terms of he basically was on the cusp of main events when he had that feud with CM Punk and then they just pulled back on sort of putting the trigger on him and he never won the world title and he fell down the card and that was it for Ryback. But that's not going to happen here. No. So I'm jumping in right now I'm going to sign Ryback to a two year deal. It's offering me Face or heel? How do you feel about? I I I see him as a Hulk Hogan mega baby face. I like. I prefer heel Ryback personally. Well, I I will bow to you just because there's some, I've got some stuff that may be a bit harder to push past you later. Okay, right. Yes. I see. So you're giving me one easily. I'm giving you an easy one. So I'm literally picking your battles. So I'm just. Worked out. We won't bore you with the financials of how much we're paying these guys unless we go bankrupt at any point and then and then we can just mine. start blaming on me for offering them too much money. Yeah. Basically, what we're going to do is we're going to wait for WWE to release anyone and then just give them a huge contract. No, I'm sorry, I'm doing it again. <laughs> well, Jeremy, I'm afraid I've got some bad news for you because I've just picked, changed one of my picks, and my first pick is going to be the one and only Stu Bennett. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Of course, he's not always been known as Stu Bennett. No, he, I believe he is known as Stu Bennett on the game, but you might know him as Bad News Barrett himself. Yeah. So we're going to get Bad News onto our roster. I'm, I'm thinking he's going to be a heel, hasn't he? Yeah. I mean, just exudes heel. Um, if possible, I'm going to get everyone on two-year contracts. just means that once we play for the league, we're not constantly worried about them getting snapped up by the WWE because um, basically the game has this thing where they get into the last three months of their contract and they can be signed by another promotion so it's just a nice way of safeguarding our guys so Stu Bennett is part of the RWF roster will you be planning on changing his gimmick because he could be bad news again? Or? I feel like we should, we should have him as bad news again because that is the most although that makes him that does Question whether he'll be a face. We'll, we'll, I mean, we, we'll, we'll see. We'll discuss it as we go. Anyway, like storylines are going to be something that we, that we can move forward. Um, for my second pick, um, this is a proper EWR um, veterans pick in terms of it's someone that I maybe wouldn't necessarily pick as one. Of, you know, my second draft pick if I did own a promotion, but someone I know does really well in the game. 
and that is the current reigning, defending NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Nick Aldis. Um, formerly Magnus, uh, you might remember his run in TNA where he was their world champion for a while. So I'm gonna bring him in just because I know that his stats go up very nicely. It's sort of the equivalent of going on Football Manager and picking up a player with high potential, maybe a young player that you know is gonna do well. Because I just think he's someone that maybe not right away, but in six months to a year, you could build the promotion around. So basically, he's our Freddie Adu. He is very much our, our Freddie Adu, but hopefully we're not the same end result as Freddie Adu. Okay. I believe he's a DJ now. In which case, he's our... Oh God, I'm trying to think of a player who had loads of potential and didn't do really well. Um, Open Manager doesn't get it right as much as it should. No, it does. <laughs> it does. It's just like he's all the wonderfully obscure and never do well. But there are... There's definitely... Speaking of former or current... Impact wrestling stars, uh, world champions, in fact, depending on where you're up to um, on your spoilers. My second pick um, is uh, Penta L. Ong. Let's go and get Penta. He just absolutely exudes personality. He's got one of the coolest lucha masks I've ever seen in my life. And he is hot at the moment, he is everywhere. And I think he's going to be great for our promotion. Um, I'm going to make a little booking suggestion now. I reckon we should make my face because all our picks are... We are heel heavy. We're a heel territory. Yeah, we are. So we are going to go and get, get Penta, also known as a Pentagon Junior. And we are going to bring him in as a baby face. Might be a tough sell because he looks evil as fuck. But at the same time, I'm going to work for the Undertaker. So let's go and get ourselves a Penta. He also looks cool as fuck. So even if you're not into, if you think, oh, he looks evil, you're also like, hey, but he looks fucking cool. Evil is cool. Evil is I cool. Mean, evil is good. Yeah. Evil has been cool ever since Scott Hall. It has. Let's be honest. The very, very uh, So my next pick is Scott Hall now. Um, <laughs> this, we might have a little off as it but it's a thing. Not over who it is. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm going to get Dave Batista. Obviously, I mean, you can't argue with that. Great look, international celebrity, world champion. He's not going to be Dave Batista, though. Because people know him for something else. Oh, my word. You you say we're going to argue about this, and annoyingly, I think we're going to agree. Are you going to book him as Drax? I, I want to get. Drax the Destroyer into our company. Oh my word. Oh, that is unbelievably good. Oh, we're supposed to argue at some point, but that is unbelievably good. It's, my... it's, it's a character everyone knows, it's a, it's a character everyone is into, and it, you know, he's so lovable. And we've seen David Batista be David Batista, but we've never seen him be Drax. Uh, we are going to have to have our first discussion okay. as, as businessmen. Mm. Basically, um, the way the game is broken down, it's broken down into written contracts where you pay them a set amount of money each month as a salary, or it's broken down into verbal contracts. That's where you agree to pay them a certain amount of money each time they appear. Now, Diamond Day, that Drax Destroyer is turning down the written contract 
we'd have to pay him $265,000 at per appearance. Oh, that is very expensive. That is steep, isn't it? That is very steep. I only think that's too much money, personally. Alright, I'm going to put a pin in drafts for now. And I am going to see... This is, this is Marvel's fault. This is all Marvel's fault. I reckon that's the rights to what we want to do with them. Yeah, I think it's that's probably. the rights money. Yeah, absolutely. In that case, we're going to, rather than just get the next one from the list, I'm going to throw some names at you for your floating around. Okay. And we'll see if we can get any of them. These are all guys who are very over and Alberto. Um, so, just give me like a yes or no and then we'll narrow it down. Alberto Alpatron. I mean, I want to say no. Well, we can't, Dave. Also, there's no point in the game. We've already said we're quite heel heavy. Patron can't play face. Brett the Hitman Hart. Loving to bits, but he's quite old. Yeah, he's I 60. His, his stats on the game are not. I am worried that as the bits that I love him to are what he will be reduced to should we let it make him wrestle. Right, I'm going to skip over the next two names on that list because they are net draft picks when we go down the road. Christian. Yes, like Christian. CM Punk. Like with Punk, he is probably likely to turn down very much. So let's go, let's go with no. Edge. Yes. Goldberg. Hmm. Goldberg. Just while I'm here, I'm just going to try Goldberg. Because I would love Goldberg. Goldberg is turned down the contract. Okay, no Goldberg. Hulk Hogan. Obviously. You want Hulk? He wasn't racist in our company. I mean, he is, a, you know, that's not actually my point of view in real life, but, you know. He doesn't want to sign me. No worries. That's fine. Didn't want him anyway. That's cheaper a carver. He would be a, um, a rival because he's. I was going to say, there's no way a car is going to Kenny Omega saying, Kevin Nash. You want Kevin Nash? Let's try Kevin Nash. <laughs> He's remarkably cheap, is Kevin Nash. How much would Kevin Nash cost us? He wants more than 90 grand. That's fine. He wants 100 grand written contract. Well, I, reckon, I, reckon, I reckon, you know, I reckon that works. Right, in that case, Kevin Nash can serve as my draft picker. Kevin Nash is drugs. I mean, he's not. We're not going to change his. Yes, we are. That's his gimmick. His drugs will destroy him. He's drugs will destroy him. He's going to be bargaining drugs. Fair enough. Um, I've got a couple here that I need to wait for, don't I? Because they are going to be under the recontract. Yeah, do you want to just explain a little bit about how that works? Yeah, so basically on the game, um, if they're signed to WWE, they're signed on written contracts and um, you can't get them, which makes sense. You know, that's how WWE works. There's loads of independent wrestlers um, on the roster that are available, and then obviously there's WWE who already have their roster, you can't get them. Um, however, um, what is a um, constant in the game is that if you are any, if you start with any promotion other than WWE, um, then they will inevitably release loads of people. Um, within the first week of the game starting. Um, most of their NXT roster, bye-bye. Um, anyone <laughs> with two fire roster, bye-bye. Um, any of the British guys um, who are on the WWE UK circuit, bye-bye. 
So they all get cut. Um, I've got a few of those on my draft, um, which means I should probably either get rid of them or add them to like the su or supplementary of there or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I'm not going to be able to talk about them just yet. So my next um, person is um, the man whose glory we shall all bask in. It's Keith Lee. Keith Lee is an excellent pick. He has got star written all over him. He is huge. He has been rumoured recently um, that he's signed with WWE or was going to sign with WWE. But from what we can tell, that is not yet the case. So we are basically um, usurping WWE and beating them to yeah, use the talent, is what you're telling me. Getting in there first. Do you envision him as a babyface or a heel? Ooh, I mean, he can play either. Um, and we're are we still we're still are we still heel heavy? Well, we're three heels and Kevin Nash is our sole babyface. On the way, you had um, we went with Penta as a face. So then I think we're three and two. Okay, I don't know. What do you think? I um, predominantly seen work babyface. So let's go with face then. I think he can play, but can play either because he plays like arrogant heel. Well, it offered me heel first off, um, but we'll go baby face. We'll okay. go, we can always turn them, there's going to be twists and turns and storylines. Yeah. There's going to be all kinds of excitement. So, for the next one, I am. Um, this is probably the last one of my big, big sort of main event names. If we're going to be a global brand, we need these huge main eventers. And he's, it's going to be one he isn't currently under um, Rick Manchester, but he. Did just compete in their, what I think we all agree is the greatest Royal Rumble. <laughs> I am going to go out and get the front man of Fuzzy, the Ayatollah of Rock and Roller. I am going to bring in Chris Jericho. The greatest ever Intercontinental Champion until this breaks it. Record. I think the Honky Tonk Man would, would have words for you. Uh, it's not about length, it's about girl. Amount of times. <laughs> this is that sounds weird, yeah. Um, it's definitely not what we don't talk about good. Are it's we weird? Are we healing Jericho? I mean It's his best work, isn't it? Yeah, I I mean that, that balances us out in terms of the face of the body. Yeah, other than original like I suppose even then, but like no, so maybe not straight away, but his run in uh, WWE when he first came in, not straight away because when he first came in right at the beginning he was heel. But when they first turned in the face and he had that whole like thing with China and then the feud with uh, feud with Benoit and Angle are still probably up there as one of my favourite um, Jellicos just because it was the Jericho that kind of that I was first into. Like I'd, I've seen some of his stuff from WCW at that time, but then I didn't see much of it. So I think like that was he'd yeah. never been presented as a top guy in terms of WWE. Yeah, that's the thing. And I think so many of us remember him coming in and having that exchange with The Rock and the great Intercontinental title feuds that followed and he just, he was a big deal. Yeah. I think for a lot of us who grew up like the sort of age that, that we are, sort of like getting towards our late, late 20s, early 30s, it's like Jericho will always sort of be that like blonde haired rock star character to yeah. a lot of us. Yeah. But other than outside of that, um, his heel work is, is definitely his best work. So for my next pick, I've actually got two picks because I'm picking a tag team, but they count as two picks. That, that works for me. I also have a tag team, so I'll, I'll do my team. Actually, so my first team is uh, two gentlemen named by who go by the names of Scott and Rick. It is indeed the Steiner brothers. 
Um, and I mentioned earlier, um, while um, Jerry signed them to contract, I mentioned earlier that Scott, uh, sorry, Scott, that Joey interviewed one of Impact Wrestlers, uh, Impact Wrestling wrestlers last week, and it was actually Scott Steiner. How was that for you? Um, well, I think we touched upon it on last week's show, um, but the, the piece is up now, you can read it at sportbible.com, and it was an absolute experience. I mean, the, the great thing with speaking to Scott Steiner is he is the Scott Steiner you see on television. He refers to himself as the big bad booty daddy. He talks about his peaks and his freaks. And I just, I just think there's no, there's no pretense with Scott Steiner. There was definitely one of the questions where he started talking about the fact that he doesn't. He was talking about like his physical shape. And he started, basically said he doesn't do any stretches and then started talking about how his freaks stretch him out anyway. Yeah, he said that there's, um, there's some positions that they want him to be in. Um, so um, they keep him limber so he can be in certain positions at certain times. I mean, it's like a 50 year old man who's like, who represents a company that is supposed to be child friendly and just in a random interview on a media call. Scott's so talking about basically the sex positions that he has to get into, and that helps keep him limber because he's rubbish at doing stretching. I mean, that is phenomenal. He is the last rock star in professional wrestling, isn't he? I mean, like, in a time now where a lot of the wrestlers are early to bed, they, you know, they'll sit, rather sit and play video games, get nice at the bars. Every British wrestler is a vegan. Yeah, it's like we're. Nothing against vegans, by the way, it's just. It's just, it's just the changing nature of the business, but it's, it, that's why it's so fun to still have guys like Scott Steiner around. This last bastion of a former generation that may or may not have been better, but you know, in our nostalgic minds, is like, yeah, it's so good in the 90s. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's become this sort of capsule, hasn't it, to basically just always say that the past was better than the, the present. <laughs> and I think, to be honest, we're treated to some of the best wrestling worldwide that we've ever, ever known. I mean, check out our last episode where we covered our matches of the, of the year so far. So that's only the first quarter of the year. And we spoke for nearly two hours about all the incredible wrestling there is. But I think sometimes you just miss those personalities like, like we used to have and those larger-than-life superstars, like a lot of the wrestlers nowadays. You could just imagine yourself sort of bumping into them at the vegan soy milk bar. But then you get someone like Scott Steiner, and even if you didn't know who he was or what he did for a living, you're going to turn around and look at that dude. Like, he's just absolutely tremendous. Absolutely. So, who have you got next? Um, my next pick is going to be a tag team and going on with you. And in the same spirit as getting the uh, Steiner Brothers, I'm going to go for another legendary tag team that we can really build a division around. And I'm going to get us the Dudley Boys. Joey, get the Dudleys. We're going to get the Dudleys and we're going to get the tables and we're going to get this thing kicked off. I mean, that is some pair of tag teams to that, start a division with. That is almost dream match territory, isn't it? It is, and it's the thing that I love about the Dudleys as well is despite the fact they've been around so long, you, they're constantly improving and constantly giving some of their very best work. I mean, you look at some of the stuff Bully Ray's been doing in RIH, is well worth checking out. Um, he seems to keep going into and coming out of retirement. 
Um, for us, we are making a dust off the trunks multiple times, and he can come out for a time and wrestle for the Bradley Wrestling Federation. I mean, we're not just making him like, come out of the time properly. It's not, this isn't, we're not in one more match territory. We're in full time scheduled, week in, week out. Yeah, we, we hope you like travel. Yeah. And cheap flights as well, because we've got a business to run. <laughs> well, absolutely. There's no point in there. No, but we're, we're not, we're not no first class going on here. Um, I'm just taking a look. You, you do it. Who else I have? Why don't you tell us, Jeremy, while I look about some of your um, favourite angles that you run in uh, in Eagle Rock? I mean, maybe ones that we, we're not going to use, but you know, because we'll probably steal some stuff from what you've done before. Um, one that I've been running recently. I'm on it. I'm doing an impact wrestling game. Um, but basically, I've, I've renamed the company, um, which is not something that they've done before themselves, so that's fine. Yeah, that's the thing. I've, I've changed it. It's the, um, the Global Wrestling Alliance now, so kind of taking a little bit of what um, Jeff Jarrett did by naming it. And I actually um, I hired Jeff Jarrett as my authority figure to run it, so he's like the, the on screen GM, if you like. And, um, WWE were, were starting to release more and more people, like you said. So I've um, formed a faction out of former WWE guys. It's very much a, do you want to say tribute to the NWO? Does that sound better than Ripoff? Yes, it's a real tribute. And so basically, I, I signed some guys whose contracts when they're expiring, and um, they're feuding with Jeff Jarrett at the moment for control of, of the Global Wrestling Association. And it's uh, Dolph Ziggler, Jinder Mahal, Big Show, and I've got Cesaro coming in as well. So it's, it's quite the faction. It is a, it's a strange mix, but it kind of gets across what I wanted to. Like, you know, these are all guys of a certain standard in WWE that are coming to like to take it over. I like it. I like it. I'm a big fan. Right. I was just quickly looking because as I said before, I'm a few guys on my uh, list who are. Um, still at WWE, um, so we'll add them later if we want. We'll have that discussion. Um, but I, so I, I've taken one of my, my picks. Um, let me let me usher you into this corner of the room, Joey, because I would like to pick the man who um, Walter Corner is named after, as we discussed in our last podcast. It's 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 the big man Walter. We cannot have. A promotion that represents Rowdy Poddy Podcast without Walter being a huge part of it. Like, he is a huge part of what we do here. Um, yeah. In terms of, of wrestlers around today and the independent scene, he is, if not the best, he's, he's right up there. In fact, since we were last here, um, he became PWG's heavyweight champion. He did, and I couldn't be happier for him. He's someone who's been absolutely killing it in. Um, WXW in Germany for the longest time. He's almost been one of European wrestling's best kept secrets. Um, but finally, like American companies uh, take a look at this guy and just go, wow, like he, he, you know, he's huge, but he can do it all in the ring. Yeah, I mean, we spoke about him at length in the last podcast. He was in about four of our matches of the year so far. Um, the guy just, he just has everything um, and limitless potential. This guy is. Literally, not even the limit because he, yeah, he'll do whatever. Because he'll chop it. Yeah, he'll keep going. He'll just chop the sky to pieces. Well, he is officially a member of the Rowdy Wrestling Federation roster. Yeah. And going on indie standouts, 
And there's a man that I want to pick who, I mean, so many ways to describe him. One thing I would say is um, he is the cream in my coffee. He's really good at Twitter. Sometimes. He's daily wrestling. He's your, he is my favourite wrestler's favourite wrestler. Mr. American Rana, the Jewish Camel, and all the other things that ring announcers say. It's David Starr. Oh, David Starr, so you think about David Starr. I mean, you can't have a wrestling promotion in 2018 without the woke warrior himself. He, again, if you, we do this a lot on this show, um, where we say, oh, if you haven't seen such and such, uh, but really, it's just so you guys, if you're not familiar with someone we talk about, maybe fancy checking them out. David Starr, excellent technical wrestler. Everything he does is so smooth. Thrives in big matches as well. He wrestles quite a main event style. He's good at sort of like the near ball heavy, sort of modern indie style of professional wrestling. And also, he is so charismatic. I mean, he's only, what is it, 26 years old? I mean, just imagine where this guy's going to be in, in 10 years. He's, he's going to be huge. He's very, very good. Um, that's why I've chosen him for Rowdy Wrestling Federation. It's a good pick. I really like it. Um, I am going to... I might not sign, actually. Because um, I've just realised he's, he's, he's got a Japanese contract, so isn't it? he probably won't sign. Um, I was going to go with the man, and we can check it out, I um, who is also killing it in the world, and we've spoken about him before as well. Um, Zack Sabre Jr. Zack Sabre Jr. is going to be a tricky one, I think, because basically the way the game works is rather than having uh, Japanese promotions as promotions you can play as, Japan is like a separate thing. So you can hire their talent, but they won't be available if a Japan tour is taking place. Which makes them a little bit harder to get hold of, also means you can't get them on written contracts. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I can tell you what Zach is offering us, maybe you can tell me if you think it's worth it. I can't get him on written. Zach would be up for $49,000 per appearance. I think that's reasonable. I mean, he is incredible. He, he's, he's very, very good. I mean, storylines with him might be a bit of a headache uh, because. He will be in Japan every now and again, now and again. But I mean, it's not like our roster's full of guys with outside commitments. So I, can take a punt on. I feel like we're going to take a punt on Zaki. We're taking a punt on Zaki. Heel or face? I love his heel run at the moment in Suzuki Goon. So I fall firmly in the heel camp. Go for it. Let's go. Let's go heel then. He doesn't. He doesn't do much face. Oh, that makes sense. Like, he doesn't, he's a face because he's really good at wrestling. We have been pied. How have we been pied? This, uh, this is a message you don't see often, and I'm just going to read it out. Sorry, my Japanese commitments are my priority. I don't think I can juggle both Japanese dates and a global size promotions workload. Damn. We have been pied by ZSJ. Have yeah. you got anyone else to tee up for me? Um, okay. Let's go. Um, I'm going to replace him with another British wrestler. Uh, I'm going to go more. Yeah, I'm going to go with Mark Haskins. I like me, I love me some Haskins. Mark Haskins for me is someone who criminally has been overlooked by bigger promotions. 
Like, if you look at... I think what I'd say about Haskins is, obviously, um, there was a time at the end of 2018, so at the end of 2016, where he had several um, belts. Uh, he was Progress World Champion, he was Smash uh, World Ch- uh, Heavyweight Champion uh, in Canada, um, and a few other belts. And of course, he then suffered um, an injury that um, threatened to end his career. Um, he was only, he was gone for about five months or something like that, um, and then obviously came back um, and, was, and was great. And he has, you know, recaptured some of the gold, um, and he has been in PWG and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, he is arguably um, one guy who's overlooked um, okay, from time to time, uh, but he's brilliant. He's tremendous. Um, it just seems strange to me that like so many of the guys that he's had classic matches with, um, particularly in progress, are part of the, the WWE pyramid, and he isn't. And that just strikes me as really strange, uh, just because he is fantastic. Just a big, big fan of Mark Haskins on the show. So I'm going to... I do have a couple more indie names, but I think I'm going to mix it up a little bit. Because uh, we, we, you know, we spoke quite heavily about guys that we love from the indie scene. So I'm going to go over a name that everyone listening to this is going to know. Everyone's going to be familiar with him. He is considered a legend, um, not only in the United States but in Mexico. But it's going to be Rey Mysterio, Mister Six One Nine. Oh yes. No, no explanation needed for this guy. I mean, Just I do hate these Mister Six One Nine because it's literally my least favorite. Maybe move, but definitely finishing move in wrestling. Um, because it's just stupid. No one ever falls on the ropes like that unless they happen to be fighting Rey Mysterio. It, it's convoluted, isn't it? In that, you know, in, in a match against Shelton Benjamin, a wrestler can get drop kicked and just follow him back. But if that same wrestler gets drop kicked by Rey Mysterio, he will fly in between the, the middle ropes. They were just. just it's just, it's just one of life's mysterious, um, mysterious. Yeah, See, that's, yeah. that's the mystery of Rey Mysterio. Yeah. I mean, his his name literally stands for King of Mystery, and we might actually find a mystery at the heart of that. Perhaps, perhaps we have just accidentally by saying the word mysterious. Um, yeah, it's just a ridiculous move, and I really, really hate it. But I love Rey. So, you know, we've got to balance these things out. Well, you can be the one that tells him to change the most famous finishing move pretty much in wrestling. Got to change. So, I'm sorry, mate. I know the 619 is over and everything, but um, you can't use it. I've just realised I've got somebody else I think has probably got um, Japanese. Um, you are nothing if not awkward. Yeah, I'm a terrible human being um, because I was going to start building our women's division um, because we are not based in Saudi Arabia. Um, with um, Adja Kong. Let's go and get her. She is considered a legend. Legend. Sorry, it looked like she wasn't on it. She's definitely um, not. But she is on it. I just I haven't sc- um, scrolled down all the way. She, yeah. Basically, a legend of um, Joshi Kurisu, um, Japanese women's wrestling, basically. Someone who is has um, main evented in Japan, um, wrestled at the Tokyo Dome, just really knocked down some barriers for um, for Joshi for Japanese women's wrestling, and someone who even at forty six I think is gonna have 
a lot of uh, impacts in the Rowdy Wrestling Federation. And yeah, we have managed to sign up. No, no, oddly, no Japanese commitments. Ooh. Oh, that's good. So I'm guessing um, maybe she's an independent. Yeah, must be. That's excellent. So yeah, we've, we've nailed her down. She's uh, she going to be the ace of our women's division, do you think? I feel like she, she'll have to be. And then I'm sure we'll have some women. Who's taking it off her? That's what I want to know. She's the champ. Who's, who's getting here? Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, she'll, again, like we said previously, we're going to be release all their NXT people. There'll be some, some really good women around to, to pick up. But then before that happens, Start with Adjur, I guess. I think she's, she's an excellent starting point. So I promised you some some exciting indie names. Yeah. And uh, the one indie name that I think is been on everyone's lips so far this year, not only as a wrestler but as a promoter as well. He is the king of the spring break. I am going for oh. Joey Janela. Uh, Joey Janela. We're oh. big fans on the show, not just because he has an excellent first name, but I just, I love the whole act, the sort of sleazy action movie villain thing. I love the, the spring break and the, some of the videos that he made leading up to that were well worth looking up. Um, I'm actually going to break with convention with Joe Janela. You're going to make him a face? I'm not going to make him a face, and I'm also not going to make him a heel. He is going to be our very first tweener. Oh, you're in tweener. Because yes. the thing is with Joey Janela is you want to cheer him because he's cool, but he also has this sort of sleazy heel thing about him. So I feel like he falls on either side of the fence, and I, I quite like the fact that we could feud him with anyone and yeah. he could play off it. Yeah. So Joey Janela joins Rowdy Wrestling Federation. Excellent. Um, I um, was going to say, yeah, um, I'm really looking forward to seeing him at Super Progress. Is Super Strong Style next week? That's um, right. You you are heading out for Super Strong Style. Should be very very exciting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him there. Is this Joey's um, UK debut for Progress as well? Because I know he wrestled in New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. This is his UK debut for Progress. Yeah, that's right. He has fought for other companies over here, including ECW City Wrestling, where he fought the Invisible Man. He did. He was a, he was a regular on his shows, actually. He won the, uh, the Clusterfuck match at Spring Bay this year. Yeah, he's very, very talented. He's one to watch, though. He, like, he can do literally any style of wrestling. Great look. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to his match against John Cena. I would say I'm looking forward to seeing it. But, yeah, exactly. You can't see it. Yes. Um, okay, so um, uh, I, I had Adja Kong, and she's going to need someone to fight against before WWE release their stars. Who's going to be shooting So I have um, my second uh, female wrestler, um, and it's, um, I'm definitely going to pronounce this wrong, it's um, Diona Perazzo. Or, yeah, I think it's Perazzo, I think that's right. Um, Perazzo, Perazzo. Yeah. Um, who I saw on the Beyond Wrestling Show at NOLA face uh, Matt Riddle in a, 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 a really entertaining match. Um, and so, yeah, so she's going to she's gonna be our, our first, our, our second lady of uh, the second lady of the Wrestling Federation. Yeah. Oh, she is signed. She is joined. Excellent. So, am I right? I've done the maths right here. It's, it's our last pick. I think that might be right here. Well, you, you mentioned Beyond Wrestling, so I'm going to go for a man who has become synonymous with Beyond Wrestling, 
Uh, it's one of the main places he made his name. Um, also a big part of Game Changer Wrestling. Um, somebody sort of broke out across the Indies. He's worked at Mold, he's worked here in the UK. The guy has just got an insane look, so intense. And the fact that he's not been picked up by one of the big boys already is crazy to me. So we are a big boy on this. So we're going to pick him up. But I am talking about Chris Dickinson. Oh, okay, interesting. I thought you were going to talk about that. Where do you think I was going? The King of Roach style. Ah, nice. Because the thing is, he, he works everywhere. Yeah. Whereas Chris Dickinson, I, I want to shine a light on someone. No, no, I'm not so I'm, I'm going to shine, shine my light on Chris Dickinson. This is, this is his opportunity in the big leagues. So he's going to be my, my final draft pick. I'm going to throw it over to my co-GM. Oh. He's going to tell me his last one. Um, so um, I'm kind of out of ideas, I think. Moment, um, because I think all the rest of my guys are um, all WWE that we're waiting for. So um, I am going to go for oh, just pluck a name out of the sky, maybe. Vader or <laughs> Tatanka. Yeah, yes. Those are the kind of guys you'd like me to go for. I'll see if you can get Tatanka. Okay, you, you, you see if you, if you can get to Tonka. Is he on there? Um, I've no idea. I've literally no idea. He's not. Um, he's not. Tonka. He's I'm not. sure he's still got That is a disgrace. Whoever, whoever made the, the April 2018 data for um, EWR, he's had a lot of other I'm sure. Is he now his real name? Okay, so Tonka is not on this game. So Tonka is not on this game, which is a, a wound for uh, Jerry to the heart, I feel. Right, so that's um, all we've uh, got time for on this show. We know we're going to Yeah, we're never going to do any more episodes. Because <laughs> now it's just—it's just, it's just this an outrage. It's just ruined Joey forever. He's not just to me, but to the Native American people. <laughs> they are underrepresented. They are very underrepresented uh, in wrestling. Uh, in this game. In this game, just in life in general, I feel. I'm going to feel so stupid yeah. if you the whole time. I'm basically just um, filling time because I've got loads of like Indian names. Rattling through my mind. Do you want me to throw um, some names at you? Yeah, throw some names at me. I mean, you've got Teddy Hart. Okay. Shocker. I think he's. Is he dead? I'm not sure. He's in the game, so I'm guessing. Presumably not, no. I thought. I thought sorry, Shocker. I really thought he died. He, um, he, he's a digital wrestler in TNA in the mid 2000s. Um, I thought he was dead, but he's not. Apparently. Uh, Psycho Cloud, who might marry the Irishman. Pete, you Penelope Ford, we could team up with Joey Janela. Yeah, I feel like we can have her make it run, but we can't really. Uh, One thing we are probably missing is like the main, main event guys. Like, yes. So guys in the middle of the top. Yeah, let's go. We, yeah, let's have a little Why don't we make our last pick someone absolutely bad shit? Um, yeah, yeah, that's, we are going to go for The Undertaker, that's what we're going to go for as our last See, that's the thing, we were saying Teddy Hart, you know, Penelope Ford, you're thinking we're going to go super I was looking at how smarky indie Yeah, people in my head were people like Chris Brooks, BT Gordon, Jimmy Havoc, one of those guys But no, we're going to go the total opposite and we're going to put Taker in as number 20 You need a mainstream superstar and the thing is, he has 300,000 in appearance, which is the, the highest price on the game for a wrestler. But if we, we, we're going to use him like The Undertaker. He's yeah. going to 
do a couple of shots in here just to you know boost a uh, boost a buy rate here and there. Absolutely, I'm really looking forward to um, the Undertaker versus Drax if we ever get to do that. So, do you want a rundown of our roster? Give me, give me the, give me the first twenty names of our roster, Joe. Right, this is this is how it looks, and I say we're gonna we'll draft some more off air. But right now, we have got Aja Kong. We have got from Dudleyville, Billy Ray, Chris Dickinson, Y two J, Chris Jericho, the man of a thousand names, David Starr. Diona Perazzo, Devon Dudley, King of Spring, Joey Janela, King of Being Fucking Massive, Keith Lee, <laughs> Big Daddy Cool Diesel, Kevin Nash, oh, we've got Kevin Nash, Mark Haskins, Nick, Billy Corbin from Smashing Pumpkins, his mate Albus, Penta L Pentagon, Zero M Penta, Ray Mysterio. Oh, that's a match made to be made. That is a huge match. We've got the dog-faced gremlin Rick Steiner. Ryback. Big Popper Pump Scott Steiner. Bad News Wadey Nexus Stu Bennett Stu Barrett. The Undertaker. <laughs> and his opponent, Walter. Oh, that is our first. 20, well, if we've done this right, that was 20 names. And if we've done it wrong, we've sod it, because we've got a fucking cool roster. I mean, that's... You've watched that, wouldn't you? I would, I would watch it. If that was on at your local leisure centre, with those names, yeah. you, you'd buy it. You'd probably get the meet and greet as well. Sorry, let's book it. That's going to be our first show, uh, you know, when we do a take, take, take a walk to real life. life. And, yeah, that's a nice little, nice little roster to get started. What we're going to do... Um, I think, should we carry on or should we end now? I'd say, I'd say end now. So we're going to end it, end it, end it there for today. Um, what we're going to do is we are going to pick some more picks ourselves um, uh, off air. Uh, we'll tweet those out. We'll let you know what's going on. Um, and then we will dip in and out of this game. We'll play it a little bit. We'll tell you what's been going on. We'll play it a little bit more. We'll let you know what's going on. So that will be either extra podcasts or it will be in your normal podcast. So look out for these. Uh, we'll let you know when they're coming. Um, and yeah, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to just build a new empire of wrestling. And uh, we'll, what we're going to do as well is when we come to some booking decisions, we'll probably tweet those out. Um, do a little vote. We'll let you guys let you guys make some decisions. It's a promotion of the people. It's like it's not just a dictatorship of me and Ryan. We want your voices to be heard. You're going to be our our booking committee. If we're the the Triple H and Stephanie, as we often get compared to, then you guys are are the writers' room. Am I Triple H or am I Stephanie? I'll let you answer that. Excellent. Um, and that goes for everything. If you've got an opinion on what we talk about, if you'd like to hear more of something, if you'd like to hear less of something, um, if you've got an opinion about your favourite ever wrestling game, um, let us know. Um, tweet us at RowdyPoddy. Hit us up on Instagram at RowdyPoddy. Um, and yeah, we look forward to speaking to you again. I, as always, have been Ryan Tittle. This has been my wonderful cohort, Joey Mills. Until next time, ciao. You want the truth? I'm gonna shoot with you on this one.